Bears versus Commanders on Thursday Night Football, and we have Joey Christopoulos from the Believe in Bears to help us preview this game. Let's go. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District here for a game preview as the Washington Commanders host the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. We're here on the Believe Network to talk to you about this game here. And we're going to have Joey Christopoulos join us in a little bit as far as getting that bear side of the house, because there's mm -hmm. a lot of interesting things, Stoner, that are going on there in Chicago. Maybe the coach is getting fired. What's going on with Justin Fields? Is this the game that he's going to have a breakout rushing game? We'll see all that when we're talking with Joey. What I want to know from you, Stoner, yes, is sir. on our side of the ball. Yeah. On the commander side of, the, of things. Yep. Is this going to be a dominant performance? We saw a strong performance against the Eagles after a letdown against the Bills. Mm -hmm. Is this the game where, you know, kind of think about that Arizona start, right? Everyone thought that was going to be a dominant game. Now that we're four or five games into the season, we're seeing really where teams are. Is this the dominant game Washington should expect? Short answer is absolutely yes, it is that game. I get accused of being Debbie Downer on this show quite a bit, but I'm not Debbie Downer on this game at all. I think Chicago is just a really bad team on both sides of the ball. Defense, they are just really, really bad. All the signs to me are pointing to a blowout win. I'm not even looking back and saying, well, Washington doesn't do blowout wins, even if they're heavily favored. Chicago is worse than what we thought Arizona was at the beginning of the year. They are they are a team that's in total disarray, off the field, in the front office, on the field. This should be a, a pretty convincing victory. It's not going to be like, we're not going to jump out like 24 to nothing kind of deal, but it's going to be one of those games to where we just slowly kind of pull away, pull away, because I don't think uh, offensively Chicago can do much, even though Washington's defense hasn't... Um, contained running quarterbacks very well yeah, yeah all there's a little concern there yeah i'm not i'm not so concerned about the chicago team at all i think it's going to be a pretty pretty convincing win for washington so on that front sam Howell is as you said going up against a defense that's not performed very well mm -hmm. i believe that they've allowed 20 plus points and you know for like 15 16 games here right as they've uh, been on an epic losing streak can Sam Howell, who had a great, good game against Philadelphia, can mm -hmm. he continue to progress on that here against the Bears? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're not probably not going to do a whole lot different with the game plan because they don't have a whole lot of time to game plan. You only got a couple of days in between when they finished on Sunday and then you play on Thursday. They can't have this huge game plan where they can do their walkthroughs and practices and all that. They don't have the time to do that. So you're going to see the same sort of thing. And you're going to do it instead of an excellent defense like Philly. Now you're going to do it against the worst defense in the league. They've given up the most points. Their point differential is the worst. They're last in just about every category defensively. They're starting two rookies at corner. It's it's all set up for a bloodbath there in, uh, in Landover. And that's what I expect it to be in the end. Well, one could hope we're going to go deeper into the commander side on our flagship program Wednesday night. And of course, before our play by play and commentary before Thursday night football. So we'll, we'll, we'll get more onto the commander side, but now mm -hmm. is the time we need to learn about the Chicago bears. So from the believe in bears network, this is Joey Christopoulos.
Joey, thanks for joining us here on Ref the District. We appreciate you making the time out here to bring us the bear side of things. One of the things that we're very interested in you know, knowing about the Bears was they were kind of media darlings before the season started. Everyone expected Justin Fields to take that next step. And, you know, the Bears are kind of going to be in, you know, in the limelight for quite a bit of the season. And now they're 0-4. What kind of went wrong here? Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I guess you could chalk it up to just the natural progression that you would expect from professional athletes um, and an organization that has wiped the slate clean uh, three times in the last decade. And this is the third go of it. And they have completely unmitigatedly stumbled out of the gate, right? It's, it's really hard to make predictions, but we make hot takes. Uh, we make hot takes about them maybe winning 10, 10 games going to the playoffs. You can make a hot take about them maybe being mad mediocre, but I don't think anyone saw the disaster um, that has taken place through the first four weeks of the season. And unfortunately I know we're going to dive into Justin Fields, but a lot of this right now, the microscope right now is specifically on the coaching staff. Um, you have a head coach right now who is three and 18 right now. Um, chop that up however you want. Baseball numbers, third down conversions, win and loss record. No matter what, however you look at that, it's terrible right now. And unfortunately, this coaching staff, um, which is all doing it for the first time. We got a GM doing it for the first time. Head coach doing it for the first time. Offensive coordinator doing it for the first time. The whole organization just seems slow to the switch on making adjustments and trying to get these young players, these players that they're trying to develop in positions to succeed. And when that happens, um, this is what you get. You get an 0-4 record, um, an organization spiraling, a quarterback who we thought could possibly be a franchise guy who the whole NFL, let's be fair, the NFL was talking about Justin Fields last year as a possible next future star. And unfortunately, um, this coaching staff, this organization um, might be rolling him out the door by season's end. But hey, what can I say, guys? Let's uh, let's do some Bears versus Commanders 12-7, the rematch, the sequel. Um, I, I'm ready, but but you know, it, it's been it's been a really, really tough season, really start a tough start of the season for the Bears. Forgive me for laughing, but we we can kind of commiserate oh, together. Please. We've been there for all these years, so we totally understand where you're at now. We've been there. Heck, we're not even sure we're we're out of that funk. Right now, we're, we're trying to figure that out for the rest of the year. But let's dive in a little bit to uh, Justin Fields because that's who everybody wants to talk about. What really is going on with, like you said, he was supposed to take that next step. I was one of those guys that said he's going to take that next step. I would take Justin Fields 100 times out of 100. I was about to say, the, Stoner, I think at the beginning of the season, you said that you'd take him even over Sam Howell. Absolutely. And he yeah, wasn't alone. Washington fans were willing to, before the draft, you know, mm -hmm. take away Justin Fields from Chicago, let you guys use that first uh, pick on a new QB. Yeah, absolutely. And now all of a sudden, we're everyone's happy we didn't take Justin Fields. Yeah, what's going? What's going on with Justin? So before I take the broad view, uh, let's go micro on this at first. Now, outside of the first three and a half quarters that we saw last week against the Denver Broncos, again italicize the Denver Broncos defense, um, where he played fantastic. The tape has been really bad on Justin Fields. Um, pick pick a part of his game, and, and you can have some problems with each of it. Um, anticipation hasn't been there. The feet in the pocket has been sloppy. The drop back has been slow. I mean, these, there's guys like Tim Jenkins and JT O'Sullivan breaking this down on the weekly, and you find multiple examples of even moments when the play design makes sense and is creative. He isn't seeing it. He isn't trusting it. Now, does that go back to him as a player? Does that go back to possibly – 
Um, the fact that our, our right guard had a death in the family and just now is getting back into the lineup. Our center has been a turnstile position. Our left guard got injured in training camp. He's just now returning, hopefully maybe this Thursday. And our left tackle, who didn't miss a snap last year, is currently on IR. You know what I mean? There's a chicken in the egg right there of what does he trust, what does he see, and how do we correctly evaluate? So it, it's just been really tough. Now, he played well last week. You're hoping that that continues because we saw a little bit of that last year. You know, objectively, the, for the first two or three games, Justin Fields was not very good. And it took until that, I believe it was week five against the New England Patriots. They started running him a little bit, getting that confidence, getting the ball out. And then we saw a nice six-week stretch that I think started that conversation that got Bears fans and other people around the NFL so excited. But here's the broad view, gentlemen, and here's the problem. And look, this isn't new to any franchise. You guys will understand this probably as well as anyone. Of uh, you know, with quarterbacks, I just like to say it like this: Imagine there's a bridge that you need to cross. On the other side of that bridge is that solid quarterback that plays at least ten years in the NFL, and sometimes that quarterback goes to the Pro Bowl. Sometimes he wins a Super Bowl. Now, for an example, Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, crossed that bridge, and that bridge is being able to read your second progression, your third progression. And at least get the ball into the hands of the receivers. I'm not saying that makes you a great player. I mean, it makes you a stable player that can play in the NFL for a long time. A lot of quarterbacks, especially in Chicago, have walked up to that bridge and have not been able to cross it. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, cough, cough, excuse me. <laughs> um, and I think Justin Fields is still at that point. I don't think that he has crossed that bridge. And, you know, Alex Smith, you know, name, keep naming guys over and over again. I just think he's crossed over to that part where he can read a defense, diagnose, and help himself out at times by you know doing the little details, the little nuances and tricks to either get guys open, feel that anticipation, and get the ball out of your hands and try and help your offense. I still think he's there. So if we're having all these problems with our coaching staff and we're struggling and Justin Fields can't get to that point where he can even attempt to cross that bridge, we're almost at the point now where the Chicago Bears might move on from their quarterback again, which would be Cutler to Trubisky to just Justin Fields in only seven years. Yeah, I'm very interested in whether or not you think Sam House crossed that bridge, but I got one more Justin Fields question for you, and that's that six-game stretch. One of those things that really kind of unlocked his potential was his running ability. We haven't seen that so far this season. Yeah. Is that more designed, or is Washington going to be the, the one game, or the first game of the season where he's just going to break out and have 100-plus rushing yards? Well, the you know, the storyline out of the Denver game, obviously, was that Sean Payton and the Broncos defense specifically did not want him to go on, go get on the edge and, and run the run with the football. So they tried to do a lot of uh, pinning him in and keeping a spy on him at all times. So he was able to throw the ball. And then when they dropped back in his zone in the second half, he started to struggle a little bit. Uh, Chicago Bears fans, you know, we've been waiting for it. Um, and and I'm just so curious to see, you know, I have a couple of theories, right? Obviously, the first one last year. It was so refreshing that, honestly, Justin Fields can get six or seven yards with his legs whenever he wanted to last year. Mm -hmm. um, it was really that simple for him. He is a guy that still has that speed and that elusiveness, and he he was so deft in the pocket to make that first guy miss that no one's beaten him to the edge. So the part that they haven't figured that out kind of, kind of um, escapes me a little bit. My two theories on it are a couple of things. One, we're an outside zone uh, running team. We haven't seen a lot of that this year. Um, for whatever reasons, whether you want to call it offensive line or whether you want to call it personnel, um, you know, I dare to say, I dare to trigger myself by bringing up Chase Claypool, but it is so funny that when you start to look at football teams 
and you say, hey, we've got this talented guy who can stretch the field, this physical specimen like Chase Claypool, we have to play him. And then you you put in an active guy like, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, Equinemius St. Brown, a guy that, you know, NFL, everyone goes, Ugh, he ain't on my fantasy team, who cares? But this is a guy who cares about outside zone blocking. This is a guy who sticks his nose into it and will chip either on an offensive lineman or just give a little bit enough of the linebacker. And I'm telling you guys, it was a huge part of Justin Fields' running success last year mm. was that we had guys like EQ St. Brown out there doing a little bit of the dirty work. And he's been inactive every single game until this last week. And now James mm. Chase Claypool isn't on the field. So sometimes it's a little bit about reading your personnel. And, and there's another part about this coaching staff obviously trying to force feed something. I mean, this happens all the time, I think, in NFL franchises where it's like, and Matt Nagy used to call it, well, we're going to run offense 2.0. All right, well, why don't we just get really good at 1.0? I get <laughs> right. it. We completed <laughs> We completed the class. We went away for summer vacation. We came back, and now you're going to throw 2.0 on us. Let's just get really good at 1.0. I think, I think this is where the coaching staff whiffs so badly is that instead of saying, hey, let's take what we did last year, and get exceptional at it, right? Mm -hmm. Let's keep doing it and keep getting better and finding little nuances to continue to improve that. Instead, they said, no, Justin Fields, you're a pocket passer now. You have all these weapons. You're going to sit with these five-step drops. You're going to scan the field, and we're going to figure it out. Lo and behold, the offensive line isn't very good. You know, Lo and behold, maybe that isn't Justin's strong suit, and they got away from it. And now maybe that you're right. Maybe they do double back now on Thursday mm -hmm. night football and try and get back to the football that Justin should have been playing all along. But it's all these things that lead towards, you know, mismanagement. And then all of a sudden now we're pointing the finger at a quarterback who and now we're saying to ourselves, is he any good? Um, I don't know if you can pick and parcel and say it's just his play. There's more at work here. That's what I've never understood about guys with with his ability to run the ball. Why are they taking that out of his hands? Because that's what makes him special. That's what's yeah. always made him special it's very like, rg3-esque in a lot yeah, of this exactly too where, like, where yes second RG3. season came back they're like we're not going to run him rg3 didn't want to run the ball that's what I, makes either him after getting injured and and now look you know 10 a decade later and he's not in the league yeah it's crazy that the that they'll do that that they'll just take that that special thing that he has and instead of trying to work off of that they just try and say well use that when you have to but you need to be a pocket passer. And it drives me crazy yeah. that coaches do this. Yeah. And real quick, the irony of the irony of it is, gentlemen, is that Justin Fields has taken worse hits sitting in the in pocket, the <laughs> yeah, failing to diagnose on a five-step or a yeah. seven-step drop and getting crushed in the backfield than he has at any point with a design runner running the football. I mean, I've wa yeah. I've watched every snap. If you go, he's taking more hits back there than he is moving the football uh with with it in his hands. So uh, sure. I, I'm right there with you guys, and, and it is quite a conundrum. Of course, you never want your franchise quarterback, I guess, to be exposed that often. But when I you do. have that type of skill, yeah, when you have that type of skill, I mean, go for it, right? You can't predict the future. It seemed to so. work for Michael Vick for more than a decade in the NFL. Exactly. So I'm just exactly. – uh, Cam, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I mean, Cam go Newton. down the list. Even yeah. Josh Allen right now. I mean, there's plenty of guys that, that get it absolutely. done and still seem to uh, have success. Oops. Yeah, Absolutely. Moving away from Justin Fields here, what are the weapons that Chicago has, either on offense or on defense? You mentioned Claypool, probably going to be another healthy scratch as he's fighting with the coaches. So where are the weapons outside of Justin Fields? What should we be scared of? 
Who? What should you be scared of? There, there's um, the answer. Hur hurricane, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, <laughs> um, something along those lines. Uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll do the best I can to to shine up to shine up this turd. Obviously, let's start first and foremost with DJ Moore, right? Um, DJ Moore sure. is a guy who can get open, and more importantly, once he gets the ball into his hands, he's a tough guy to bring down. You got to get a couple of hats on this guy to bring him down. Now, to be very fair, our offense has been terrible, but if you look at the box score, DJ Moore does have two 100-plus uh, yard receiving games under his belt this season, and uh, he is the best path towards the success. When you talk about Justin Fields, the guy does like to throw the ball down the field if you give him an opportunity. Um, that's where you're going to find DJ Moore. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I am a huge fan of Khalil Herbert. Um, this mm -hmm. is a guy who I think they thought was just kind of a change of pace type of guy um but if you see the guy runs the guy runs pretty tough between the tackles he has that speed to get around the edge you got to watch out for him in the screen game you know when the bears started out the season my optimism was rooted in for the first time in a long time the bears had three home run hitters on the team who could take it to the house at any time the justin fields khalil herbert is still on that list in my opinion um so he's definitely a weapon for sure Cole that's fine. He's solid. You know, we wanted, I think he's, his threat is, you know, in the seam game, in the play action pass. Yeah. So look, uh, Cole Komet, solid player. I mean, the guys you're probably gonna have to worry about is a guy like Khalil Herbert, um, running on the edge. Um, a guy like possibly uh DJ Moore getting the football in his hands in the middle of the field, uh, defensively guys, I got nothing for you. Okay. Yeah. I really don't. The defense perhaps is worse than it was last year. Um, to be very frank, I, I want our GM, uh, Ryan Poles, to succeed, but the arrogance of Ryan Poles to punt on the defensive line for two seasons in a row in a rebuild just just blows my mind, guys. Just blows my mind. We have two we two team sacks right now. Uh, former Bears, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, tripled that in one event uh, this past Sunday. Yeah. So, guys, look, we, you know, on our, on our secondary, you know, we're already onto our second stringers, about 75% across the board. Uh, we signed yeah. these flashy new linebackers. They can't do anything. Guys are getting to the second level. It's all over the place. Getting no real push in the defensive line. So, you know, I, I think if you're if you're a Commanders fan um, and you're looking at this game, I think you're saying there's some some must sees from some guys on your team, namely like a Sam Howell. If Sam Howell wants a get right game, ladies and gentlemen, we it. got it. This is it. Yeah. So this is not a case where Chicago fans are sitting there looking at Washington and saying, well. We're going to win a couple of games. We're not going 0-17. Maybe this is our first one of the year. No. Six days ago, sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was sitting I was sitting there. I was sitting there lathering myself up and look, we get we get the Broncos turn right around, get a Washington game. You're two and three, and everything maybe doesn't look quite as bad um yeah. as it's actually looked this season when you do like the one loss record in the preseason. Um, but no, look, I mean, this is this is one of the tougher times I've ever been a Bears fan. Um, you know, they got to show me something before I start running around and saying that they have any business beating any other football team because they do such a good job of beating themselves. Um, we're sitting there with the number one and the number two pick next year. I know things change. It's not going to stay like that. Um, mm -hmm. But we've lost 14 in a row, guys. Yes, we haven't yeah, won not since good. October 22nd or something. I mean, this is this is epic proportion levels. I think, and and for the second week in a row, if I may add, this is the second week in a row when the Chicago Bears fan base isn't even focusing on the opponent. Like last week, it wasn't even about Denver. It was more about 
coaching staff, Chase Claypool, ruining mm-hmm. Justin Fields. What happens now? This week, we're not talking about Washington. We're talking about does Eberflus survive the night? Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, the fir- This is the first inkling this week where we've heard uh, rumors, not out of Chicago, but around the places of should Justin Fields be on the trade block? Uh, mm-hmm. Does he make sense? in atlanta do you cut mm-hmm. bait now these are the things that we're, we're not even talking about the keys to the game out here because i think they're irrelevant because i just don't think we're a competitive team right now so if they go out and win i'll be the first one to be surprised stoner this, i have to say i'm happy that that's no longer us that's normally washington <laughs> exactly. week five of the season you're like yeah. wait what is our draft position again oh that's right we gave up <laughs> right. at first or we gave up a second round and yeah oh wait this person's gonna be here we're gonna get a new coach and all this so it's great <laughs> to hear that is no yes. longer just washington it's, i'm yeah. i'm, it's I'm stirring the echoes team. stirring the echoes gentlemen. <laughs> that's right so on our side of the ball so you know washington yeah. is uh is hosting your chicago bears you mentioned not you know, not investing into that defensive line. Washington's heavily invested into their defensive line. Uh, how, you know, you just said, you talked about Max superb game. What can Washington's defensive line expect to do this, uh, this Thursday night football? Well, it's, uh, as I, as I previously mentioned, um, it is a bit of a mystery box because we, in theory, might have the most, uh, the highest percentage of collection of offensive line pieces that we thought were going to start the season out there. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, Tevin Jenkins might be returning from the IR at left guard, which would move Cody Whitehair to center, Nate Davis at right guard, um, and Darnell Wright, our rookie at right tackle. That was the plan going into training camp. Now, obviously, Braxton Jones is on IR. We got to deal with that. So the positive side is that, wow, we're getting closer back to full strength. The negative side is, Holy cow, uh, we have a left guard who hasn't played a single snap this year and a guy who's moving from left guard over to center, Cody Whitehair, who, I'll be honest with you guys, isn't the best snapsman in the world. I don't even know if that's a real thing, uh, but he ain't the best snapsman. Um, yeah. So uh, so honestly, I, I see problems. I, you know, And you guys have a talented, stout defensive front. I mean, when we talk about adding to the defensive line and we talk about having our hopes and our dreams, we often go to Washington's side. We go, oh, is Chase Young available? Man, Montez Sweat would be interesting in a Bears mm-hmm. uniform. So you you guys you guys got you got guys up front there, uh, which can make it a very long night for the Chicago Bears. And it's going to be a real challenge with this coaching staff on the Bears side to scheme up ways to keep them off the scent. Uh, we have fallen in love with the screen pass so far this season, running back, tight end, whatever it is. Um, and even if it hasn't worked, we're still in love with it, baby. We ain't quitting the screen pass so something for uh, commanders fans to keep an eye on a little bit um as the game prof- uh progresses but honestly you guys should be able to rush for um not worry too much about blitzing um you know you might want to have a spy keep your eye on justin fields but again you could play zone run your fr- uh, rush your front uh, your front four and i think i think you're gonna have great great success um I-, I i really do all right my last question for you joey is uh uh, looking at all the rumors that are out there with the with the coaching staff, and then you hear it from a lot of unconfirmed places, but they say you know this might be the week that you get rid of Eberflus because you got the the longer time in between games. Do you buy those rumors? Um, I agree with those rumors. Um, I don't <laughs> but think I buy. I don't think I. I don't, don't think. I don't think I buy. Joe's I don't like think I, I started the rumor. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I am. It was me uh, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so look, uh, so look. Uh, if you look at the history of the McCaskey family, he's never fired a coach in season. Um, right. You know, I have heard some never. from very intelligent football minds in Chicago. Former Bears wide receiver Tom Watt. I'll just give him credit. He he got brought up a great point. You know, this team is still very young. If you fire a head coach, um, which means you're also firing probably the offensive coordinator. Guess what? The defensive coordinator already got fired already a couple good. weeks ago. Resigned. Yeah. Um, who's coaching these young guys? Where's the stability? I mean, if if you're if you're trying to wring an ounce of development out of um, your young players, how are you going to get it? Even if Ibraflus isn't the guy, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're sitting in my seat from the Bears fan seat, uh, I have a simple question for you, gentlemen. How many losses in a row does it take to lose your job? It's yeah. it's like a, it's a fortune know. cookie question. We're at 14. So what's the number? 15, 16, 17, 18. Where do you get where you have to say to yourself, this is a business of winning games. And at some point when the results aren't there, you have to move on. So um, I know that my uh, my teammate, former Bears defensive end, Corey Wooten, has said a couple weeks ago that if they get to 0-5, that this is the time to do it with Eberflus. You move on. Uh, you have that mini bye week to try and get a, a new game plan in there, or at least a new voice in the room. Um, but again, if you take off the top three heads of your team, um, who is it? <laughs> right. You know, who is it? Unless you and go outside the building, you know? Yeah, Joey, not only who is it, but who's gonna make up for all those positions of those guys who are moving up? Like he's uh Eberfus I mean, is already defensive coordinator, right? He's calling yeah. all the defense. So now he's gone. So now you you're on your third linebackers coach or whatever it might be, you know, or guys are doing three times the amount of responsibilities on defense it, it wouldn't make sense to me yeah. but you just can't keep going yeah like no you said, you, what's the number 15 16 yeah, 17 yeah and that's the rock and the hard place right i don't think we should just saturday this thing you know what i mean mm, uh, yeah you know pull some guy down pull some guy down from the rafters because i think we saw i think the colts uh suffered more chaos probably from that um, and even maybe stunted development of some guys than probably did any good. So, yeah, you know, I'm almost like, <laughs> I'm almost just, you know, like we're six, we got a beautiful six foot hole, Doug. I just might just sit down on that dirt and let Eberflus just, <laughs> I was say, you know what I mean? Right Eberflus into the first, uh, first overall pick, in, right? In, into the first overall pick next year. Um, you know, a talk for another time, but you know, all this, uh, and, so in so many different ways, all this is trending towards Jim Harbaugh getting offered a bag from the Chicago mm. Bears. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to talk about the thing that checks all the boxes that ail this organization right now, from um, lack of football knowledge in the upper echelon levels to stop hiring first-time guys at every level of authority and trying to have mm -hmm. them figure it out. I mean, we've done this for a couple of different regimes right now. John Fox is the only guy in the 21st century that we've hired as a head coach who had done it before. Maybe we switch it up. You know what I mean? Maybe we break the pattern <laughs> a little bit. So, so look, I, nothing, nothing, Nothing surprises me right now, um, but you know what? I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna tear my hair out if they don't fire him after an 0-5 start. If they lose to the Commanders on Thursday night. Well, I look forward to Brian Urlacher being the head coach, at least temporarily, <laughs> for the Chicago Bears after Eberflus gets fired yeah, there. You guys awesome. have to wait <laughs> for Harbaugh to be opened up. <laughs> can, can we do like a? Can we do like a coach of the week thing? Like we'll bring Dick <laughs> Buckus out for a week. There you go. Um, 
Well, just kind of. We'll let George Went do it. You know what I mean? Because why not? Just let George Went go out and be a super fan. Might not be on the field. You might as well at least have him on the sidelines, calling a play or two. There you go. That's make some use of uh, the the dollars being spent. Uh, Last question for you, Joey. What a mess. Yeah, please. (laughs) What is the final score Thursday night football? So uh, for those out there, um, and I don't know if this episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag or if anyone likes to go to the betting windows uh, this weekend. So the Chicago Bears have lost 14 games in a row. During that span, for the first time in NFL history, they have allowed at least 25 points in every single one of those games. Um, so so strike me down if this Thursday is not the week um, that streak uh, does not continue. Um, so at this point right now, I'm probably feeling somewhere in maybe like a 27-17 commanders uh, area. You know, I, I want our offense to do well. Um, but again, with that defensive front, I, I do have uh, I do have my concerns. And and, um, and obviously, we, I would hope that the Chicago Bears would be building off of, honestly, one of Justin Fields' best offensive performances, at least with his arm that we've seen in his NFL career. I mean, we're talking 335 passing yards. It's pretty good. Four touchdowns, first 300 game for him. You want to see them build on that, but unfortunately, um, I just don't have the confidence that this coaching staff knows how to build on things like that because we've seen them always revert back to the mean. Um, so I'm saying probably 27-17 uh, Washington, um, but I'm just telling you guys, uh, it's a get-right game, right? So if you guys go out there, do what you need to do, feel good about it, build on it, but do not be fooled. We are the Chicago Bears. We're not the rest of the NFL, so I'm sure – Plenty of work to be done, uh, whoever decides to shine for Washington. All right. Well, this was uh, Joey Chrysopoulos from the Believe in Bears podcast. We appreciate you, Joey, coming out here on Ref the District. You heard it from him. Washington's going to walk away with this one. So be sure to check out our Day After Reckoning on Friday, where we'll break down the game. But until next time. How about a Curtis Enos for a game or two coaching? Be a fan. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.